The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. Buongiorno, I'm Rob Cox, the global editor of Reuters Breaking Views in New York. I just spent a week in Italy trying to understand the economic and political situation. Let's just say it's a bit confusing. Ever since the right-wing league and hard-to-label five-star movement cleaned up in March elections, financial markets have been worried about the country's commitment to the single currency. That all came to a head when the new coalition government proposed a Eurosceptic as the Minister of Finance. The president rejected that choice. He has the right to do so under the Italian Republic's constitution. And he instead proposed a caretaker government led by a technocratic, independent economist named Carlo Cottarelli. In the end, the League five-star coalition put forward a moderate pro-Euro candidate to lead the economic portfolio, and a government came through. But concerns still linger over the government's commitment to the single currency. The spread between German and Italian bonds remains particularly high, increasing the cost of capital for Italian companies, banks, and consumers. While in Milan last week, I had the chance to sit down with, well, Professor Cottarelli. Take a listen to my chat with the man who nearly became Italy's prime minister. Well, it's great to, to see you. I mean, I know you've been pretty busy. Maybe, maybe we just start with the president asked you provisionally to, to look towards creating a government yes. in, in case the current coalition was unable to form one. Yes. What was that few days like? It was very fast. Very, I was very tired because uh, without sleeping three or four nights. <laughs> I mean, I think it was the end, it was the best solution at the moment. Uh, because uh, a technical government without confidence, without winning a confidence vote, because uh, most likely, at best, uh, the main political parties would have abstained. Mm. Uh, and then uh, whether it would be confidence or not would depend on just a few MPs. Uh, how they would have, so most likely, but even if we had had the, the confidence vote, uh, in practice the government would have been a weak one, right? Uh, in charge only of managing uh, the election, election period. Election which would have been focused on the Euro issue, because that's when uh, the focus was, and uh, without powers and with the spread that would be rising because of the political tension, because of the uncertainty on the elections, and because perhaps uh, the party that would have won the election would have been the Lega, mm -hmm. which is the perceived to be the, the most uh, anti-European one. Uh, I think would have, we would not have lasted very long. What were your reservations? I mean, you know, this would have been a tough job for you because you would have and not, there was as you no say, reservation when the when the, the president calls you. You see, uh, you go, <laughs> right, right. And so, in spite of the fact that there were big risks for me. Mm -hmm. uh, also including at the personal level, sure, you had to do it. So you feel pretty confident we're in a much better position than if you yes. had gone in and taken Yes, no, of course, uh, there are different kinds of problems. Then, of course, uh, what happens, uh, including what happens to the spread, depends on what uh, the new government... Uh, it depends on three things. One, what the new government uh, says, what uh, the new government does, and third, uh, and that's very important, is the international environment. Mm -hmm. If uh, growth uh, continues in the world, uh, in Europe, uh, it will continue in Italy, and then uh, I will not be too worried about uh, the behavior of the spread uh, speculative attacks, uh, unless, of course, they do something very silly, clearly. Mm -hmm. 
otherwise if the international environment becomes weaker uh, then uh, then it's an issue because uh, if Italy slows down uh, or even if there is a recession uh, then the debt to GDP ratio will start increasing again and you know crises in the government paper market occur not when debt is high, but when debt is high and rising. Right, right. And well, I mean, you say a couple of things that need to be happening. Mean, we've seen the spread is now sort of elevated from where it had been. Yes. Do you, do you think this is a sort of a, a new level, or do you think that there is a possibility that the, the could spread even, could it, go down? It could even go down. I would not be surprised if in a context of growth, continued growth in Europe, it could go down, it could go up, it could stay where it is. A level of the spread at this uh, point is sustainable. This is a high debt country, and for a high debt country, having a spread of 240 is not too far away. I mean, according to some estimate that we ran uh, when I was at the IMF, with this level of debt, a level of spread at, at around 180 is normal. Right. 130 was actually low. So 140 is on the high side, but not exceptionally high and it's nothing unsustainable. Um, talking about the risk is when, of course, it goes up to 500. Of course, to it went up. It, it's not going up because there's a perception of higher growth. It's gone up because there's a perception of less creditworthiness. Isn't that the, the, the danger? Uh, with respect to 130, it went up because uh, of what, what has been said, mm. again, about not yet what has been done, but what has been said about first, uh, there was initially, I mean, if you start uh, an issue putting on the table, the issue of Savona uh, clearly is your uh, exit risk. It takes a while before you take it off the table. Once the Pandora's box is open, mm -hmm. it takes a while before it goes back off the table. You can state uh, no matter how many times that the UX is not an issue, but you know, markets are slow to respond to these kind of statements. Uh, then there is the issue of what you do, because you can state uh, that you want to stay within uh, the euro, but then if you run fiscal policies that uh, imply uh, an increase, uh, a large increase, we'll see what happens, of course, but if they targeted a large increase in the deficit, then uh, this would imply that Italy will be more exposed to speculative attacks, uh, which will make it easier, uh, easier, will make it more likely that uh, the pressure gets to a point in which uh, Euro exit uh, becomes, uh, at least to some, the, the only solution. Right, right. Greece, at the end, even Greece did not, uh, at when, and when Greece was under pressure and when people started seeing that from the ATMs uh, would no longer deliver euros, then they got scared and they pulled back. But what happens in that situation? Italy is a much larger country than, than Greece, so what, so what happens in that situation? I don't know, I cannot predict. Right, I mean, you, you, do you see certain parallels with what you dealt with when you were at the IMF and when Greece was having its difficulties? Or, I mean, there, are there we certain, are definitely, certain... We are definitely not at that point. No, no definitely not at that point. So I'm talking about what may happen in the future, in the present of a shock. I'm not right. talking about the current situation. And do you, but are, what are the sort of pieces of advice you would give towards the new government to uh, avoid my, anything like my that? My piece of advice is, uh, the, obviously, this <laughs> is motherhood and apple pie, mm -hmm. the goal of uh, 
increasing the growth rate is a good one. Right, <laughs> right, okay. The question is how you do it. Yeah. And there are parts uh, of uh, the program of the new government that uh, go in the right direction. I will put uh, the first uh, on top uh, the reduction in bureaucracy in Italy, which is a major problem. One of the three top reasons why uh, entrepreneurs do not come to invest in Italy. Uh, bureaucracy, the slow pace of the civil justice, and third, the level of taxation. Uh, the first two things, bureaucracy and improving the working of uh, civil justice, commercial justice, mm. those are good reforms uh, that do not cost anything to the government. You can even save some money. But they're hard to execute. I mean, they're, they're, they're sort of, there's this, the idea is one thing, but yes. it's not as simple everything as... Everything is hard. Yeah. So everything is hard. There's no doubt. You're telling hard. just the courts to, to make their decisions. And, and the bureaucracy is yeah. also something you need yeah. to change the way, the mentality of people and mentality of the people who work for the public administration. But it's not, uh, it's not impossible. Anything uh, that Italy has to do here is not, uh, is not easy, but, you know. You, you said the third point was tax, but if, if yes. I, when I was in Rome this week and speaking to folks who were in the, in the government, that that seemed to be their top priority. Is this? Oh, yeah, no, that was num number one. I was yeah. not uh, quoting them. Oh, you know, weren't prioritizing. I think the, the right. taxes. Don't, I'm quoting this um, survey made by Chances okay. in 2017 on foreign entrepreneurs. So taxes first. Uh, second, I, I think second is um, I think it's broken, and third is a civil justice. And what the government should do is focus sure. on this thing. What the government should not do is uh, to, and I'm afraid they may be doing this, is to try to boost growth by increasing the deficit. Mm -hmm. The idea that the so-called denominator effect, you know what I'm talking about, yes. debt to GDP ratio, you. And I've not seen a country that has managed to reduce its public debt to GDP ratio by increasing its deficit. Not, I'm still waiting. Sorry, you said the flat. So tax. well, so that's one of the questions because if you if you put forward a flat the flat tax they've put forward, if you look at it, has a I don't know maybe a hole of 50 billion in the deficit. Yes. For which they say the growth will cover it up a little bit yes. of the magical thinking that we see in other places, including the United States, on taxes. I mean, do you? You've got a 50 billion hole that needs to be needs to be filled, um, otherwise it goes towards the deficit, uh, and then you have um, resistance to some other forms of taxation like consumption taxes. That doesn't seem to be economically feasible. Yes, clearly, I don't think that uh, w they promise something that is worth uh, 110, 125 billion. The biggest item is uh, the flat tax. They are not going to do the flat tax uh, immediately, the whole thing. The problem is that even if they do it gradually, and that's the end result, within five years the deficit will be larger by 50 okay. billion. We'll see what uh, they can do. My point is that uh, I don't think they will deliver on all these things, but uh, there will be an increase in the deficit. My, I've always argued that if you do things gradually, you do not penalize the growth process, but uh, you, you are able to, you should be able to balance the budget and achieve a primary balance of three, three and a half, four percent of GDP within three, four years, uh, by doing simply one thing, by avoiding increasing public spending in real terms and allowing that uh, this growth process, you save the revenues from mm -hmm. higher growth. Now, of course, this assumes that there will continue to be a gro growth, which we'll have to be seen. 
But you know, you also need a bit of luck in life. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, a higher cost of capital doesn't necessarily help growth, and we've certainly seen a slightly higher cost of capital. Yes, yes, no. That's uh, I mean, cost of capital is still low, and banks have so much liquidity, plenty of liquidity that uh, they could definitely. I think we will be seeing sooner or later an expansion of credit even if uh, there is an end of quantitative easing, even if the ECB stops printing money, because there's so much liquidity around in the banking system. What constrains uh, lending is not the liquidity, is, uh, the, I believe, the uncertainty, more than the, it's equity, the issue is equity, where the banks have enough equity. And it's not so much the lack of equity, it's the uncertainty about future equity requirements that are related to the implementation of the recent directives that uh, will implement uh, the, the Basel Agreement, the latest mm -hmm. Basel Agreement, so on and so forth. Once uh, this uh, uncertainty is uh, removed, I think banks will start using this liquidity, which is going to help the economy. The issue so is it's like lending again, lending, basically. Yes. The issue is whether this, they will not go too far, which would require the central bank, DCB, to start mopping up this liquidity, selling government paper, which will raise interest rates. Are you worried about, I mean, with the banks, if you look at them collectively, the big Italian banks have lost, you know, anywhere between 10 to 15 percent of their market cap, based just simply on this return of the doom loop. How concerned should we be about that? But there are two issues. One is uh, common to other banking systems, so, so they need to change the business model. Uh, my daughter, who is uh, almost 24, has never entered a bank. No, she's all electronic, <laughs> she all, all digital. <laughs> and uh, it's amazing when, uh, you know, when I go back to my hometown, Cremona, just full of bank branches, full, full, full. Everywhere there was uh, right. a, car, a mechanic, car mechanic shop, there was a bank. Where there was a Benetton, there, there's a Benetton, bank. Benetton, there's a bank. <laughs> Where there was a salami shop, there was right. a bank. <laughs> and so, the, but that's a common problem with uh, the banking system of, I would say, almost all advanced economies. Italy has this additional problem of the link between uh, the ba bank's balance sheet and the government balance sheet. So from that point of view, I think the non-performing loan issue is being absorbed. I think uh, that's not the main issue. Mm -hmm. The main issue is uh, if there is a shock in the government securities market. Uh, well, because they're, they, rather than loans, they have a whole bunch yes. of BTPs and government bonds, yeah. which then decline in value. Yeah, and the spread will go up for banks. Banks will also have uh, liquidity problems if there is a shock on the government securities market. What are, you, what are the things that worry you? you? You mentioned some of the things that are the, the positive possibilities. What are the big risks and, and, and what are the things you're hearing that give you pause? About in terms of policies? Yeah, yeah. In terms of policies, my main concern, uh, the main concern is this uh, issue of public finances. Mm -hmm. Secondary concern, not irrelevant, is that this government clearly has uh, a bias uh, away from the market. Okay? They, don't, they don't like competition, stuff like this, uh, you know, it's uh, neoliberalism, stuff they call it this, in this way. Mm -hmm. And um, in the government program, the, the word uh, competition is not mentioned a single time. Is that right? I haven't, I haven't oh, gone yeah. through it. They no. Made in Italy seems to make it. That's, uh, that's also, I'm talking about um, the, the, co the government contract more than yeah, the yeah, speech okay. that was given by Conte. The word competition is never mentioned. The word merit is never mentioned. 
Hmm. What does that even, tell you? Even if uh, the Five Star Movement, uh, they wanted to have, uh, a, before the election, they said they wanted to set up a, a ministry for of, of meritocracy. Mm -hmm. That idea is gone. It means uh, that uh, they move away from the market in a way that you have in mind uh, more present of the state. But my main concern is about uh, public finances and this ideology that uh, in order to reduce the debt to GDP ratio, you need to increase the deficit. And uh, this idea that uh, Italy needs a larger deficit to grow faster. And I think it will, very, it will be very risky. And the, one of the other things that's not really mentioned is technology, digitalization. Those are things that seem to be where it, areas where Italy does need to catch up and yeah, which would help true. productivity, arguably. That is true. doesn't bother me too much in the sense that just putting in, I mean, a few words there right, about... Right, of course. Uh, a, it's all words at this point. Words at this point, so... I mean, do you, do you get a sense, what about productivity? I mean, any economist will tell you they've got to increase productivity or get no, back uh, to a positive. Yeah, no, that has been, I mean, productivity has been slowing down throughout the world, advanced economies sure. well. No, clearly it's an issue, productivity growth is all. Uh, last year there was uh, some improvement in productivity. Here you are at, the, at, a, at one of the elite universities of Italy. What do you tell the students? I mean, how do you get them motivated? I mean, one of the worries that you've seen over the past, you know, 20 years has been a drain of talent. You know, really yes. great minds going to London or New York or Frankfurt and leaving the country. What are you doing to try to reverse to the, the brain? The truth, half of my students are foreigners. Eh? Oh, is that right? <laughs> so they're coming here to learn. They're from good. France, from Germany, mostly from France and Germany, mm -hmm. from the U U.S. too. Half of my students are, it's normal, I don't want to minimize the issue of people going abroad. Right. Uh, but if I look, have to look at my micro-universe, uh, half of my students are foreigners. Well, I suppose that's a, that's a positive sign. I teach at Bocconi. Right. So um, that's what I'm talking about. Well, you know, all the, they're all elite institutions, both of them, yes. in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. Is education, is that, is that part of the, the solution to the productivity problem and the growth problem? Yeah, I think so. I'm a firm believer of um, the role of, uh, these are private universities, but I'm a strong believer of the public education system. Uh, the South is an issue, I believe. One of the reasons why the South is weaker economically is, uh, I believe, that there is a need for more uh, human capital. And so we need, and you know, for university students, they move from south to the north. We need to invest in human capital in the south. Right, yeah. Now, just to cl close it off, what, if I had to say, give you a 1 to 10, how do you rate, 10 being the most positive, 1 the least, where do you stand right now with your view on Italy? Six. Okay. When were you last 10? Oh, 10. Uh, Never. <laughs> I don't recall that. <laughs> Okay, so that's all right. So your baseline is relatively lower than 10. All right, well, thanks a lot. Thank you. Cottarelli probably dodged a bullet. Running a caretaker government would have been a nightmare, and the election campaign would have been entirely focused on the question of Italy's commitment to the euro. That would have driven financial markets completely bonkers. But with the Eurosceptic League now in the government and continuing to gain in opinion polls, 
This story is a long way from over. Join us again for another episode of The Exchange. This podcast was produced by Ben Kellerman. If you haven't already, please sign up on iTunes and anywhere else you satisfy your audio cravings for The Exchange, The Views Room, and other Reuters podcasts. You can also check us out on BreakingViews.com and on Twitter at BreakingViews and at Rob1Cox. Thanks for tuning in and arrivederci.